Welcome to the Decent Crypto Podcast. Today is Wednesday, September 21st, and we are live with our newest Decent Deep Dive today on Cosmos. Matt, how you feeling? I'm feeling excited to talk about Cosmos. I'm, uh, mm. <laughs> I'm a little... Uh... I'm a little wistful for the days of deep dives on the merge, but um, the merge went successfully and now it's time to move on to bigger. And now we can do seven deep dives on the Cosmos ecosystem whoa, starting whoa, whoa. with today. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we, we made a promise to our first and most loyal listener that we would do one on Juno when his bags were sufficiently <laughs> wrecked. And now that they are, we have to follow through. So the time has today, come. <laughs> the time has come. Today we're focusing on Cosmos. We'll go into a little bit of the history, a little bit of the the fundamentals of the technology. There are a few different components to how Cosmos works. Uh, so we will break it all down. All right, Matt, are you ready? I am so ready. Um, let's, all right. Uh, Let's let's get into the history here. I think it's a little longer than probably most of our listeners realize, right? Um, like yeah. Co- Cosmos dates back to early early days of blockchains. Um, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. You you, you want to give the history? Uh, yeah. So Cosmos has been around since longer than either you or I have been in crypto. Um, Cosmos was founded in 2014 uh, by this guy Jay Kwan. So Cosmos actually, I guess, taking a step back, when we referred to Cosmos, there are a lot of things that we could be talking about. Uh, Cosmos has its own consensus mechanism. Cosmos has its own blockchain. Cosmos has its own um, kind of building blocks to build your own blockchains. Cosmos has uh, a communications network to intercommunicate between all these different blockchains. So uh, when we say the word Cosmos, it's really referring to the whole ecosystem. Um, and people could be referring to different parts of that when they when they actually say Cosmos. But uh, the, the core building blocks were starting to be built in 2014, uh, starting with what's called Tendermint. So Tendermint is Cosmos's uh, consensus algorithm. Uh, it is a uh, BTF, Byzantine Fault, BFT, sorry, Byzantine Fault Tolerant uh, consensus algorithm. Um, it was really kind of pioneered, I think, by Jay Kwan, uh, at least in the proof of stake uh, blockchain context. Um, and I mean, uh, like to, proof to, of work. to put it in perspective, right? Like this was like one of the early forays into proof of stake, really, like maybe the early foray into proof of stake. Yeah, this is uh, before Ethereum existed and before Vitalik started writing about proof of stake on Ethereum. Obviously, Ethereum launched a proof of work chain, but um, proof of stake was, yeah, in 2014, it was not a thing, really. Yeah, um, um, and and so, Cosmos kind of like sprung out of or Tendermint the the consensus mechanism sort of sprung out of, of this desire to like what if we did proof of stake um, mm-hmm. and like could it work right um, at, at that time it was like really an unknown um, and so it was like a big a big research area right and I, I feel like this kind of uh, this kind of ethos sort of permeates Cosmos across the board but like it is it is sort of more of a research heavy um, like it, it was born out of out of research. Right. Yeah. Um, and so the, the early research piece was, was this proof of stake consensus algorithm. 
Um, mm-hmm. Should we should we discuss Tenderman a little bit, or do you want to keep going through the history? Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about it a little bit? I think you're more more yeah uh, yeah absolutely well versed um, on this. So uh, so the idea behind Tendermint, right? There there's really two core components I think that that differentiate it from Bitcoin's like proof of work uh, or Ethereum's you know, at that point proof of work um, algo. So the first thing is proof of stake. Right. Um, you know, can you reach, can you reach consensus through some other mechanism other than proof of work? Um, and then, and then the second component, and this is, uh, this is like really a core one to like a lot of other features in, that you see with Cosmos is, um, this notion of like instant finality. Um, and so with proof of work, finality is always probabilistic. Right. Uh, because it's based on what chain is the longest and that can change. Um, whereas with, uh, with Tendermint, um, you, you know, whoever's turn it is to make a block makes that block and then it gets finalized mm. by like the other validators. Right. Um, okay. Now, so it's preset kind of, um, yeah, it's sort of like when a block gets made, it's final and like, that's that. Mm. Right. Um, okay. and the, I guess the, 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 the validator, well, I guess like the validator, um, like ordering or, you know, the, like yeah, whoever it's gets known, to validate the next block. It's, okay. Yeah, um, it's known in advance who's going to validate the next block, and then um, uh, there's there's a lot more like cross communication among the validators with with Tendermint than in like other consensus algos, uh, where like every everyone will sign off on. I want to say it's like the entire validator set attests that like yes, that is in fact the latest block, um, mm. and so okay. you know. The, the issue here, right, is that you wind up with a lot of cross-communication among the nodes. There's cross-communication for, like, what is that? Well, you know, whose turn is it? What is the next block? And then, yes, I, I attest that, like, I've seen that block, and that is the latest block. Um, and so the issue with cross-communication, right, is, like, as you grow the number of nodes in a network, the number of edges between those nodes grows exponentially. Um, and so Tendermint doesn't really scale super well. Right. Um, like if you look back in the original Cosmos white paper, um, the, uh, you know, the limit was something like a hundred validators. Right. Uh, and they're hoping that like with improvements in, you know, network bandwidth and, and silicon and all that, um, that they can eventually scale to, to 300 validators as the cap. Um, but today most tenement based chains, uh, limit it to something like a hundred to 130 validators. Um, okay. So and it will have this like mm-hmm. yeah, and it will not really go any higher than three hundred in the conceivably like ever really. Uh, yeah. the The issue is that like as you start to scale beyond even like one hundred and thirty, um, you start to see issues with performance, uh, and so the blocks mm. wind up happening. You, you can't have block times that are nearly as fast after that point um, because everybody okay. needs to attest to, like that they've seen they've seen that block right. Um, mm. and so, uh, so, you know, it, it, it's sort of like you get this benefit of instant finality, but at the cost of like decentralization and permissionless participation and all that, I mean, it's still permissionless, right? But basically most Cosmos chains, the way that they implement this is the, whoever is staking the most, they're like validator number one. And then the next mm. most is validator two, all the way down to like 130. 
Um, and then if you or I want to stake, we need to stake at least as much as that 130th one in order to participate mm. in, in the block rewards and securing the blockchain and all that. Okay. I see. Um, so it's basically yeah. the top 100 stakers will be validators and that yeah. it could be a rotating kind of crew. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's, okay. That's that makes sense. Idea. Yep. Okay. And uh, it, it works that way for anything that's tendermint based. Uh, which is quite a few things, right? Which is like quite a few finance, I mean, smart chain, thing, finance, smart chain, polygon proof of stake uses uh, mm -hmm. effectively tendermint consensus on the hood. Doge chain, right? Uh, it's built on polygon edge, which is also built on tendermint, right? Um, mm. So, um, so tendermint powers like a huge amount of the world's blockchains in aggregate, right? Okay. There's at least hmm. 50 tendermint based chains, if not more, right? Um, Okay. And, uh, and so when, when you talk about Cosmos, that's just like one, uh, one blockchain built on this tendermint consensus algo, but, um, mm -hmm. uh, but there's more, right? Uh, like a lot. Yeah. There's a ton. Um, yeah. There's a ton. Uh, can you bring the mic a little closer? Um, yeah. so, okay. Tendermint was really the first kind of core building block for Cosmos, right? Um, and just to kind of complete, not complete the history, but to continue with the history, um, the second, uh, founder, co-founder is Ethan Buckman. Uh, he joined a couple years later and, uh, him and Jay Kwan kind of continued building out the, uh, the rest of Tendermint and then continued to then actually, um, build what is known as the Cosmos hub. So do you want to talk a little bit about what the Cosmos hub is like, you know, the, the reason to have this consensus algorithm is to be able to build blockchains more easily. Right. So should we go into like the first blockchain built on kind of, I guess Cosmos is probably the first blockchain using Tendermint, right? Or was it not? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's definitely like the, the, the biggest one, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Or it's the central one. So let's discuss the hub because basically mm -hmm. uh, Co Cosmos isn't just like one blockchain. It's a network of blockchains. Um, yeah. Or at least that's the, like the vision, right? So the Cosmos hub is meant to serve as a central ledger, like for the entire network. Um, mm -hmm. It maintains state of token balances, basically. Um, and then you have these, uh, separate blockchains that are networked together called zones. Um, mm -hmm. so, uh, when you want to transfer tokens from one zone to another, it goes through the hub. Mm -hmm. And so the hub acts as this, like, as this central ledger, right? Um, mm -hmm. so, uh, when, when you want to send like a, a transfer of tokens from like one zone to another, um, you need to have three blockchains like that are in agreement uh, about this. You need to have the source, you know, where the tokens are coming from. You need to have the hub and then you need to have the destination and all those chains need to commit transactions in order for the, for the inter inter zone coin transfer to go through. Um, okay. And how do those three all like interconnect, I guess. So, so the interconnection is, is through something called IBC. Um, mm. inter, inter blockchain. Uh, I actually don't know what, what IBC stands for. Um, I think it's inter blockchain communication. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's a generic protocol for cross chain messaging and, and it works pretty similarly to, to layer zero. Um, dear listeners, if you're interested in layer zero, uh, definitely check out our deep dive on Stargate. Um, mm -hmm. I think we, we went through it pretty, pretty thoroughly there. 
But um, basically, the the whole thing sort of rests on this idea that like you can have deterministic consensus, right? Um, otherwise, what does that you can mean? Have, like, uh, so with with Bitcoin, it's probabilistic consensus. At any time, a block could get replaced by another block, right? There could be a fork, right? Which is why uh, you need to wait like at least six blocks because uh, as the probability, uh, like as you get longer and longer chains, the probability that like that that one block changes to another block gets infinitely small, right? Uh, yeah, there's just like to too, much, put in the work, too much work yeah. required. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Tendermint, you you have like much more cross communication among validators, and so they can reach this like deterministic consensus, not probabilistic mm. consensus. So you can have okay. this like you can have this instant finality, um, mm. and that's meaningful, right? Because if you want to send, um, like, say, say, like, let's take an example. We have Bitcoin, right? Um, it has this probabilistic consensus. Say I send one Bitcoin transaction uh, in block number ten. Um, to that says, hey, I'm bridging my Bitcoin from Bitcoin to let's call it the Cosmos Hub, right? Like, I'm so you send it to this bridge address, your Bitcoin gets locked up there, uh, and then um, you want to like publish the like receiving of that Bitcoin on the Cosmos Hub, right? Like, like with any bridge, right? Um, you mm-hmm. have to BTC. Um, okay. Well, block number eleven comes along, right? So I, I'd send this in block ten. And then immediately I receive my BTC uh, on the Cosmos Hub, let's say. Block 11 comes along and gets built on top of my block. But then some other miner comes in and says, no, no, I have a different version of block 10 and block 11. And now they're competing, right? And so you have a fork in the chain. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, if that version of the chain gets extended to block 12, block 13, block 14, 15, before the original or before the one that had my transaction gets extended, then like that will become the canonical longest chain. And that represents the consensus for the state of the world. Okay. And that that's an issue, right? Because in this version of the chain, I never locked up my BTC, but but I still have BTC on the cosmos hub. So, um, so generally, uh, like this probabilistic finality creates an issue for cross-chain communication because you mm. never know if something's going to get reorged out or forked out or whatever. Um, you know, there is a probability that like my transaction doesn't actually wind up making it into the, into the consensus state of the world. Right. Okay. I see. Um, okay, and so, so now, now kind of I the have only... unbacked Bitcoin on the cosmos hub and that's not. Yeah. Good. Okay. I see. So, to, in order to have this kind of uh, inter-blockchain um, communication, really, you have to have the instant finality. Otherwise, it won't work. Otherwise, there's this kind of threat of, um, I don't know, like a reorg or something like that. Uh, even yeah, a few a blocks fork, down the yeah. line, that would yeah. And if, fork, if yeah. you look at like, and it's similar to like sending it to a centralized exchange, right? If you send your Bitcoin mm-hmm. to Coinbase and then you sell it, like Coinbase makes you wait. They make you wait like. Things like six blocks, um, mm-hmm. because it's by the time for each chain, yeah, but yeah, yeah, they make you wait for a little bit. It's different for each chain, yeah. For for proof of work Ethereum, it was like thirty two blocks. Uh, now I mm-hmm. think they've extended it just for safety's sake uh, to like eighty, uh, because you know proof of stake ETH is like is pretty new, right? Um, it's like a temporary increase. Uh, but on Ethereum, like on proof of stake Ethereum, you get finality. I think after uh, two epics, which should be sixty four blocks. Um, uh, or maybe no 32 blocks. Um, 
Anyway, mm-hmm. um, you, but you do get finality in these proof of stake systems. Eventually there is a time when you can say, yes, that is the state of the world, right? Um, for Bitcoin, it's always probabilistic, right? Like in theory, mm. if you had infinite hash power, you could go back to any block you wanted and, and extend that chain uh, with your version of the chain. Um, but be, you know, it's economically infeasible, right? Mm. Um, it, it, it's probabilistic though. Like it, it is theoretically possible. Um, on proof of stake so chains, in- you can actually have much more, much stronger finality guarantees, and that allows you to to have interesting things like cross chain communication, where like you mm. know that that block is actually finalized, and so you can do things with with things that happened in that block. Got it. Okay, so let's pause here and just on what we've laid out, kind of paint a picture of what Cosmos is actually trying to do, what their vision is. Uh, with all of these building blocks in place, right? Because we've covered some of the like very core fundamentals. It's like this new kind of consensus algorithm for proof of stake chain specifically, this emphasis on instant finality so that you can have cross-chain communication, this ease of uh, actually communicating across different chains that are all built on um, you know the previous building blocks, um, and then having this Cosmos hub as the centralized kind of ledger across all of these different chains. Um, what? All right. The fundamental question of our podcast. Why does all of this exist, Matt? What is the goal here? What is the vision? Why are they doing all this stuff? Because it seems like, like you said, this is a, a much more research oriented approach. They have kind of started building the blocks, building the blocks, and now it seems like maybe everything is really coming together. So what was the vision? What is the vision? What can things look like in the future? So the vision here is really around scaling, right? Um, and the idea is, if you think about Ethereum, right, uh, the, like to use an analogy that I've heard before, um, it's like a supercomputer, right? It looks like one monolithic, like beefy machine. And uh, it, it's kind of, more expensive to have one large computer than to have a network of computers that are, that are communicating. Right. And if we're going to scale out blockchains for like true, like global adoption, we're going to need a lot of box space. We're going to need a lot of little computers that are able to transfer value between each other. And that's, that's really like the, the value proposition behind Cosmos as a network is that, um, you know, you can have a chain for anything. You know, you, you know, it, like you and I might have a video game and we want to like incorporate some blockchain elements. We might actually just have our own chain that connects to the Cosmos hub so that people can transfer assets in and out. Right. Um, but um, that way we're not competing with things like NFTs or DeFi or whatever for block space. Um, mm. We have our own app chain. So Cosmos is really like all about this like purpose built single app chain vision of the world where we have lots and lots and lots of blockchains that can cross communicate. Um, and that way box space is theoretically infinite. Um, but, uh, you know, you can always transfer value across them. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, I think it makes sense. Um, and the way that this is all secured is by having a shared validator set or, you know, like how, how do they ensure that these, um, other app chains like don't, become crazy centralized and like cause havoc across the, you know, whole network of networks, basically. 
Um, yeah. So basically, uh, like let's break down like a cross chain value transfer a little bit. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so you have like, uh, you know, in the example before we had like Bitcoin transferring to cosmos, let's, uh, mm -hmm. to the hub, uh, let's say we have two cosmos based chains. We have like hub or we have chain a and chain B. Um, mm -hmm. and then we have the hub kind of in the middle. Um, mm -hmm. so chain a creates a block. Right. And in that block, there's like a, a, a transaction that is trying to send some value to chain B. Um, when that happens, uh, you basically use like some, some fancy proof system called Merkle, Merkle proofs, um, okay. where you can prove that that is the latest block or like the block hash is the latest block. And then in that block, mm -hmm. um, there was a, there was a transaction that sent some value. It gets committed to chain A, the Cosmos hub and chain B. That commitment um, is only as good as the security of each of those chains, right? Yeah, so it's kind of right. like um, you you kind of need to choose as a user which blockchains you find to be like reasonable, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But things like total supply are controlled by the hub. And so it's not like I can just print tokens over here on chain A and then send them to chain B. Um, so even total supply on the other chains is controlled by the hub yeah the the hub will not like allow a transaction that like sends you know like may, maybe i can print up as much usdc on chain a as i want like i control that chain right let's say mm -hmm. um but if i ever try to transfer it um the hub's gonna be like whoa whoa slow down buddy like the total supply of usdc is not what is not what you think it is um, okay got it yeah and so, so, when they so say the, security, the total supply Okay, real quick. So when they say the total supply, is that the total supply across all Cosmos uh, chains? Okay. Yeah. I yeah. See. So the, that Cosmos hub serves as like the central ledger, right? For like mm. how much how much USDC should be on each of these chains, right? Mm. Um, so okay. It, and so it's the central ledger for all tokens across all networks? Yeah, that's the idea. Um, okay. cool. and, and so, uh, so that way, you know, maybe I can't even really print USDC on chain a without getting permission from the hub or whatever, or, you know, if I do print mm. it, like it doesn't, when that ledger like doesn't balance anytime I try to transfer anything out of chain a, it's just not gonna, it's not gonna work. Um, mm. and so my USDC is effectively valueless. So the, okay, the hub serves it. as this like check, right? It serves as like a sentry that's watching to make sure that, um, that when anybody tries to transfer tokens from one chain to another, that all of the like balances match. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Got it. That makes sense. So that's kind of how it self-regulates. Um, yeah. Across that's all the idea. Chains. So the mm -hmm. hub is like really okay. crucial as like a security mechanism. Right. And then the, for a user transferring value from one chain to another or interacting with the chain, like you have to only interact with chains where you like, are comfortable with the validator set. Um, so if there is one like heavily centralized chain in the Cosmos ecosystem, you as the user are taking on the risk, right? Um, mm. And and so the idea is uh, like for some applications, that's fine, right? Like, you know, decentralized social media, like maybe I don't care how, like it's already centralized, you know, uh, you know, if I, if I decentralize it a little bit more, that's a step forward. So maybe I'm comfortable with decentralized Twitter only having like 10 validators. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and those validators are not necessarily staking the atom token. 
uh, is okay. one other thing, right? Uh, so like, how, yeah. So when we talk about this, this one of the core concepts here is shared security, right? They're like talking about how these other chains uh, share security with like the main Cosmos hub. Let's, uh, let's break down uh, shared security a little bit, right? Um, so yes. it's helpful probably to understand the state of the world. Uh, today, um, mm-hmm. because shared security mm-hmm. is really more of a always helpful to understand the state of the world. Yeah, yeah. Where? Are, how did we get here? <laughs> where are we? <laughs> like, the question I ask myself Why does every this morning: exist? Where the hell am yes. I? <laughs> 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 I've mm. been I've been nomadic lately, and just like every t- every day I wake up, like where the fuck am I? <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, 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 I'm, I'm in New York. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So, um, like, if you think about the hub, let's just take the hub. Hub is like a, a proof of stake blockchain, right? Um, and mm-hmm. the stakers are staking Cosmos's native token, the Atom token, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think then, real quick, would it be helpful to understand like how the hub even came about? Like, what was the like the, the hub was found, like Cosmos Hub was found, I think, like 2017, something like that. Um, and its main goal was to basically serve as a centralized, like, force, right? And the, or the centralized ledger. And so the validators uh, for that um, hub are validating that chain, basically. And they are then receiving Atom token, right? That is the central token of the Cosmos hub. Um, and when we say Cosmos hub, it's like the hub is basically just a blockchain, right? It's it's just like a blockchain. Um, yeah. And there's this idea of like the hubs and there are also zones, right? Uh, these are all just blockchains, right? The hub is the central one. And then the zones are all just other blockchains. Yeah. Um, and the zones can look okay. very different from one another, right? Like there are some yeah. zones that use the EVM. There are some zones that use other virtual machines, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So what makes them and smart contracts? What right? makes but, them zones? What makes them Cosmos zones? Um, it's that connection with uh, with the hub, right? So it you know it's that connection that it can use IBC to to communicate with the hub is the idea. Okay. And yeah. so is it just the IBC component or is this where this shared security idea comes back in? Let's, uh, I'll, I'll get to shared security in a moment. Um, okay. so, uh, so you might have a zone, you know, let's call it decent zone, like for our, mm-hmm. for our podcast followers and, uh, where they mm-hmm. go to like, I don't know, mint NFTs and like sticker NFTs. we got plenty of stickers, right? Um, mm-hmm. so, um, and so maybe, maybe the native token for our decent chain uh, is, uh, is decent coin. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's like what validators are staking to, to validate and add box the blockchain. Right. Um, so you have a proof of stake blockchain, you have to stake some kind of token, uh, ideally one that has value. Decent coin obviously has plenty of value. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, otherwise it would be economically feasible to, to like 51% attack it. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Enderman actually, because of some of the assumptions it makes, 33% is enough to halt the chain. Um, mm, and like different, different things can occur. Like at 66%, um, you can like really mess with the state of the world, uh, and like commit box, right. Overwrite box, like, you know, slash people willy nilly, like you can, you can do whatever you want at 66%. You basically have root access. Um, at 33%, you can halt the chain. Um, okay. which are great. Right? Um, so, yeah. um, 
So like, that's why decent coin needs to have like some kind of value, right? Uh, because we, you want it to be expensive to attack the network. Um, so the central hub, you know, the, the cosmos hub, their token is the atom token, right? And then mm-hmm. our zone, our token is the decent coin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now this is kind of a, an issue, right? Because you have to bootstrap some kind of value. Obviously decent yeah. token has a lot of, has a lot of value to it, but like some other zone bankless yeah. token, for example, <laughs> is valueless as um, we all know. Um, and so, so, but mm-hmm. okay. So when we launch the chain and we launch the token, right? People need to be able to, I don't know, get that token somehow. The only way I would assume is either where you're airdropping it or it's going to be like, it can be need to validate our right? chain. It can be pre-mined or we distribute it to validators, right? Um, yeah. Uh, we find a so, set of people that are willing to serve as validators and we airdrop them some tokens and, you know, mm-hmm. like the token supply is like malleable, right? Like you can, or the supply, uh, like architecture. So you could airdrop yeah. later, you could airdrop to users, you could have block rewards, you could have no block rewards. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but we, we get it, you know, we mint our tokens and we get them out there somehow to the people that are, that are staking them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they start making blocks. Uh, that's, that's sort of the idea. Um, yeah. Uh, now so initially we, should... we just, we need to find, we need to find validators somehow. We need to bootstrap this network of validators to yeah, actually keep our like, chain going. Like what we'd probably do in practice is run some ourselves. Uh, and mm-hmm. maybe like if we raise capital, like some of the VCs that, that we raise from, they'll run validators too. Uh, we get some of our friends to run validators, but you can also make it permissionless, right? Uh, and mm-hmm. just put the, put the decent token into an AMM somewhere. And then whoever wants to can come in and buy some to stake it. Right. And okay. like, it. it'll just be limited to that top 100 or so, uh, validators. Um, and so it can be like permissionless as well. Right. Uh, for some chains it is for some chains it isn't like some people like maybe like we want order in our, (laughs) in our, uh, in our decent chain, right. In our decent zone. Um, and so like, maybe we just say, absolutely not. We're running the validators. Good luck. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, there could, there would be chaos. No. Um, but maybe we're comfy with the chaos and we think that like, Broadly speaking, like the incentives are aligned for everyone to get along. And so we open up the validator set to whoever we want. Right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so does that make sense? That's sort of how we get started. Yes. The, the now, like, let's rewind a bit. Like the atom token is only getting used in the hub. Um, and our token is getting used on our, in our zone. And that's broadly right. the state of the world today. Right. Um, okay. This is kind and the of atom issue, token. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just one last thing. The atom token is serving the same exact purpose that our token is serving on our chain, right? Just yes. for the the hub and nowhere yeah. else. It's okay. the yeah, it's the staked token uh, that provides security, right, uh, for the mm-hmm. network. Yeah. Um, and is it also the gas token for like when we when transactions happen on the hub? Yeah, yeah. It's okay. also and then it's what also about? What about gas on other uh, zones? Do you they, can do as you do like. They... Uh, so we might choose the decent token. We might choose USDC. We might choose mm. to make it gasless, but obviously we would, mm. you know, you need to create some kind of barrier to spamming, 
right? Like you can't have zero yeah, yeah. fees or else like everyone's going right. to spam your network. The same issue that Solana has like pretty, pretty mm. frequently. Yeah. Um, so you need, yeah. So generally a gas token okay. of some sort, right? Uh, okay. Makes but, sense. you know, Cosmos is super flexible, right? You can swap out like whatever logic you want, right? Um, we could have flat fees for, for our gas, for example, the way that Solana has, right? We could have um, a fee market the way that Ethereum has. Uh, we could make mm-hmm. our gas, to- we could literally make our gas token bankless token and then mm. make our staking nice. token the decent token, right? Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, like we, we can, we can do as we like, but, and we don't have to touch Atom at all. Okay. Got that's it. An, that's so an important basically, note, right? Like yeah. if people want to interact with the, with the Cosmos zone, they don't necessarily actually need any Atom at all. Uh, so and it's, it's worth noting can... that. We could have done everything you just described, launch our own chain, uh, get validators uh, supporting it, launch our own token, do all of that, and literally never have one atom in our wallet, like we in our Kepler wallet. Yeah. Maybe we need to pay a little gas or something to, I don't know, launch to do cross chain transfers. But, uh, yeah, but yeah. no, no, it's, uh, there, there's no, it's not like Polkadot where like there's a centralized like place where you go to register your chain as like one that's connected any blockchain that like operates um well yeah roughly roughly speaking if it if it operates um with uh and it conforms to like the standard for ibc it's ibc compatible Mm, okay Um, i see yeah that's the idea so um so like that's kind of an issue, right? Because Atom is not actually like they built up this incredible technology and there's this huge network of blockchains, but in reality, mm-hmm. like none of them are actually using the Atom token as their staking yeah. token or as their gas yeah, token. Poor, right? Like everyone's poor using tokenomics. Poor yeah. tokenomics for sure. Um, mm-hmm. So one, one more note before we get into shared security, right? Or this will lead us into shared security. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the decent token has a lot of value, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so it would be, you know, it creates that economic cost to, to attack the network. But say you're a slightly lower quality podcast. You're, not, you're less than decent. You're perhaps, uh, yeah, to borrow a phrase, you're bankless. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, like, if bankless wants to launch their own Cosmos zone, um, they need their token to somehow be worth something in order to, to make it a, a useful staking token. Um, otherwise mm-hmm. the cost to attack the network is super, super low. Um, yeah. so there's a bit of a bootstrapping problem here, right? Where like, you're just starting, you're starting to get your blockchain, you know, built and you airdrop your tokens. And that's at the time when like your ecosystem is, is at its least mature. It's at its weakest. And so people don't really ascribe a lot of value, right? As you're starting out. Um, right. and so they're just, you know, they get the airdrop, they're just going to dump that token, right? Potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's, there's a cold start problem where you're trying to get your zone and ecosystem and apps built out, but you need your token to have some value in order for your chain to be safe. And mm-hmm. you can't really create that, you know, you can't create that value until like your chain actually has stuff going on there and economic activity yeah. and, and believers right. and a community. Right. Um, so there's, you know, the, the idea of shared security is like, maybe there's a way that we can get around this. Um, hmm. and, and we can have, you know, we can inherit some security from the atom token and like the, the, hmm. the hub and all of that. Um, okay. or 
and uh, and so we can use their validators and their stake as, as a way to to you know to reflect like our child chain stake. So okay, there's I this see. notion of a parent chain and a child chain. So the hub would be the parent chain. Then Bankless would come in and they would say, "Hey, we'd love some validators to um, to you know build blocks on our blockchain. Uh, we'll pay you in Bankless token if you're down." or in USDC mm-hmm. or whatever we want, right? Yeah. Um, like what we'll pay you to run the shared security model, but we need to like, we need you to like commit your stake to be slashable for, for our chain as well. Right. Um, okay, I see. And so, and so yeah. would they, would they then be uh, buying the bankless token and then validating the chain with that token then? Um, um, no, so they, and... they still have they st- their original stake of Atom that they're mm-hmm. using for the Cosmos Hub. That's the stake that they're using. They're they're, they're like double staking, I guess. Um, they're staking it on the Hub, so they can get slashed if they misbehave on the Hub. But they can also get slashed if they misbehave on the child chain, the Bankless chain. Um, okay, so Bankless can choose don't... to compensate them however they want, right? Like they could say, "Yeah, we have a Bankless token." We'll pay you some as block rewards for, you know, as a thank you for like staking your Atom token and like building blocks. Uh, they can have an offline agreement with the validators and be like, yeah, I'll pay 500 bucks a month. Please validate our chain. Um, you know, it can, it can really be anything. Um, and in that, so in that shared security model, they don't actually have to have the native token of that chain. Like they can basically stake their Atom and get slashed in the atom stake and they don't have to really touch the bankless token at all in that model to, to yeah, provide the shared yeah, there, security. There doesn't need to be a bankless token at all, I would say. Um mm. like if you want to if use... there is, like I'm saying if there is, right? If there is and that's the main token that's used to uh validate the chain and provide security for the chain, then can you come in as a validator of the hub and basically just stake your atom and not have the native token, even if that one exists, and that's the one providing security. The whatever you have staked is the one providing security. No, I get that, but it's like in our in our situation, we have decent as the one providing security, right? Decent token. Yep. Then, like in the shared security model, how can somebody who is staking on the hub and has Atom, how can then they? like double stake that atom on the decent chain when our native it, token it, is the one providing security. So the native token doesn't provide security in that model. Sorry, there, there's see. two different, right? Like, yeah. So the okay, idea so, here is that like, you're, if you're bankless and your token is worthless, yeah. then you can't mm-hmm. get any security out of it to begin with. So you're like, fuck it. I, I might as well just like have people stake atom or something. Okay, I see. Um, so basically, your token is just like an airdrop token. It's not actually providing security at all. It's just yeah. Like you might. I mean, you, token, you might not even like, have a token, right? Like, if mm-hmm. you're, you know, imagine you're like a, a game studio and you want to build out some blockchain game. Uh, you might just have people pay for shit in USDC and pay their gas in USDC, and then mm-hmm. you pay your the validators in USDC, and the validators. Are okay, I see. Okay, so this is USDC. The, like, you could actually you could yeah. take USDC. Right. Okay, um, so basically the idea here would be launch your chain, um, you know, have the shared security model initially where people are staking their atom or staking whatever other coin, uh, get usage on the chain, for, uh, you know, using those validators, existing validators as the providers of security, 
you pay them out somehow with your, you know, VC funding that you've gotten. Um, once you have usage on the network, then you can distribute your token, your own token in whatever way you want. And then that can eventually provide security for your chain. Is that, is that yeah, kind of how it works? Yeah, if you want work? to, but you may, yeah. you may also be satisfied not launching a token. Yeah. Well, who's you satisfied not launching I mean? a token? That Anyone who can launch a token will launch a token. Anyone who can launch a token will. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's, it's bound to happen, dude. Um, yeah. Um, so, so that's kind of the idea behind shared security. And the state of the world today is like, it doesn't exist yet. Um, yeah. shared security is still pretty theoretical because there are these issues where, okay. like, well, what happens if I get slashed for like one chain, but like, I didn't actually like misbehave there. And like somebody just 66% attacked me or something. Mm. Um, do I need to, can I double stake or do I need to add more stake? Right. Um, do I need to get them to stake my token somehow? And maybe that's the only one that can get slashed. Right. Um, there's a lot of, but you know, then it wouldn't really show the security. Um, there's, there's a lot of open questions and it's still very much like a research question, the shared security model. Look, there's another issue here, which is like, if I'm a developer, how do I get in touch with people that are trying to provide that shared security? Mm, Probably hit up, uh, that cosmos, uh, email and a support email. Okay, guys. (laughs) I mean, yeah, like. Like, we don't know who the validators are necessarily. Like, uh, you know, yes, there are a hundred, but there might not be a hundred, you know, in a Discord server. Like, there might be an unknown party that is participating as, like, a staker of Adam, right? Um, mm. I think it's listed hub. out, no? Isn't it listed on the... Uh, yeah, but I mean, uh, they're, the you know, it's like Network. It's pseudonymous, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Cryptocito, bro. Cryptocito. Big YouTuber in the Cosmos world. Wait, the big stakers. Cryptocito. Crypto, <laughs> crypto he puts out good Cosmos content. Not I mean, it's a really ours, interesting but... business model, right? Uh, yeah, not mm-hmm. as good as ours. Yeah, look, like, here's, I mean, there's one, you know, there's like Figment, Multichain, Citadel. Mm-hmm. Is that really Citadel? We don't know. Then there's one that just says no fees till 2025. <laughs> nice. That's the name of the validator. The only <laughs> one a, I would trust. It's a super, super interesting. Um, business model because you're limited right to the top like 100 or 130 or whatever the network allows you to have validators and so if Mm. you want to stake your atom you have to stake through an existing validator so Mm. this is why like when you want to stake atom you kind of do have to delegate it right like unless you're going to wind up as like the in the top 100 you have to delegate um and so so if you're not in the top 100 there's no way for you to like earn any kind of staking rewards at all uh, yeah, just, the like, only way to do it is to delegate. Wow. So it's even more, um, like, yeah, you're, you're really out of luck unless you got a mad, mad yeah, state. Mad, uh, mad Adam. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, and so, and the thing is, it's actually quite difficult unless you are like a centralized party, it's difficult to get enough like core mass of, of Adam token to to crack the top hundred, like, you know, the top ones are people that are all, are just getting delegated, right? Coinbase, Chorus One, right? Like Kraken, like, um, like generally speaking, like the big figment, right? Stakefish, the, the biggest validators are the ones that are not like just validating with their own like proprietary stake. They're taking stake on behalf of users, right? They're, they're taking delegations and like that counts toward your size. Right. So, um, mm. yeah. That's the, uh, 
that's the the thing, right? Um, it is like effectively like you wind up delegating. And so if you're a YouTuber, right, this is an interesting business model because you go out mm-hmm. and put out a fuck ton of Cosmos content, right? Um, everybody knows that you're the Cosmos guy. And like, of course you would stake with that person. They take mm-hmm. like a 1% yeah. cut of the staking rewards. Yeah. They don't really have to do anything. You pay like, you know, like if I were going to do it, I would pay Coinbase Cloud to run my validator for me. It can't be more than a few hundred bucks a month, right? Uh, yeah. It's like very little compute. Um, and I would just like, you know, rake in the like referral fees effectively. Right. Um, so it's, you know, as an aside, like it's pretty interesting. Um, yeah. So uh, that's, the, that's the notion of the Atom token and shared security. Um, okay. And, you know, I think like shared security is really interesting because it's not super different from like, you know, it's a little different from Avalanche. They don't really have that model, but like with Supernets on Polygon, basically that's the idea. It's like the stake token is Matic, uh, and then you can do whatever the fuck you want, like in terms of like, yeah. gas or logic or whatever, right? Um, uh, and so, uh, so that that's the notion of of shared security. Okay. Very interesting, but, uh, still a theoretical thing. Uh, still a theoretical thing. Yeah. I think it's, um, you know, there's two issues to solve, to solve here. One is like the technical side of things. Like, is it reasonable to like, do people need to stake more atoms participate in your ecosystem or like, is their existing stake? Okay. Like what happens if they get sloshed and they drop out of the validator set for like top 130, you know? Um, like, do they also drop out like immediately from your validator set? Like, could that fuck with, with your level of decentralization? Um, mm. a lot of open questions there around like the functionality side. Um, there's the other problem, which is like, you have to create a marketplace effectively where like people pay validators to provide security to their blockchain and uh, you pay them somehow you pay them in airdrop tokens, yeah. you pay them in stables in, in fiat, whatever. Uh, but you got you got to pay them somehow. Uh, maybe yeah. you just pay them an MEV, right? Like maybe that's enough if you operate like mm. a decentralized like Dex chain, you know, a Dex yeah, option. Yeah. Um, right. So, uh, but this marketplace needs to exist. There needs to be like a forum for communication, and it's it's not really there yet. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. It also sounds like just from a actual like technical perspective, it's not real. There are unsolved problems. I mean, they were unsolved as of last I checked, but that, that was a while ago. Um, and we're going to mm-hmm. get some updates like later this month uh, at, yeah. uh, what do they, so, they call it? Cosmos Fest. <laughs> Cosmos Fest? That sounds No, it's horrifying. not Fest. It's Cosmos um, something. Uh, Cosmoverse. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's Cosmoverse. A big, I think it's Cosmoverse. Yeah, there's there's a big... Um, it would actually probably be pretty cool to attend the Cosmoverse, right? Like, I, I think yeah, that one like, sounds okay. Really cool if it was yeah. called... If it was called the uh, Cosmos Fest, yeah, I would be like calling the authorities about some shit. No sleeps um, of Cosmos Fest. <laughs> okay, I just looked up the validators. My man, Cryptocito, he's number forty-four on the stake on the validator list. Uh, he has 045 percent of the network. He goes by the name Stakecito. Uh-huh. I really like that. I really like the handle Cryptocito. I love that. It's good. <laughs> That's really yeah, cool. I don't know what it, I don't know what it refers to. Shout out, dude. Um, okay, yeah. let's hit a couple more things. This one, this episode is going to be like just very fundamental focused. We're not going to go too deep into like 
the state of the different chains right now um, and like what's planned for the future because there are a lot of upgrades and changes planned to the, the token and to the network in general, to the hub. Um, we won't yeah, get into too much the of that. The quote that we'll I just... heard on the Empire podcast is, quote, we're going to make EIP-1559 look like a joke <laughs> is the, the nice. plan to the changes to the tokenomics. Uh, I was nice. like, wow, that's not financial advice. <laughs> yeah, definitely not financial advice. Um, although, you know, buying Adam hasn't served you too well in the past uh, couple it, of years. It, has, it is down only. It's been down only forever. For like a little while, it was like, oh, wow. Adam was like, this was the joke, right? It's been like the stable coin of crypto, right? Mm -hmm. But it's, yeah. it's effectively just kind of been down only for the last like, Adam year is, um, Adam is like the chain link of L1s. It's like... You know, you yes. kind of you you hit the thesis right. You know, <laughs> you're like, I'm gonna ride the L1 war. The tech is so good. It's kind of an L zero. So yeah, the tech is great. The yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then you just kind of hit the wrong one. <laughs> it's like you don't want anything else. <laughs> I mean, really... it has it has been pumping though, right? The lows, it has. Lately, uh, it's, it's the only thing that's been pumping. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's been up only since like mid June. It hit a low of like six bucks, and now it's at thirteen. Six. 14. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know it hit six. I thought it, was, it, thought it hit eight. Um, yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, not financial yeah. advice, but, you know. I mean, and it's, it's, been just very, it's been very steady, a very steady rise. Uh, yeah. Well, I think the sellers are all dried out, you know, at this point. Um, like, who is <laughs> yeah, selling the, Adam, bro? Yeah, you think CryptoCito is, is paper hands? Absolutely not. That's the thing. <laughs> who still has Adam? Who still has Adam months? and hasn't already sold it? I mean, I sold mine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like a while ago, um, I was yeah. like, "Wow, this thing only ever goes the down." Only good trade, yeah, yeah. That was like the only good trade I made. I was like, "Wait, Adam is up. Like, this thing is gonna go down again." Is <laughs> 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 um, okay, so enough shitting on the Adam token. Um, what else should well, we it's cover? Tough, right? It's not useful for very much. It's really only useful for staking Adam. Like, it's the only use case. Yeah. It's like gas on the hub, it's I guess. True. But like, it's just yeah. Not but their a, whole idea yeah. is to not pay gas on the hub it's to pay gas on other chains um or just to pay yeah, little gas it's to have just like a, a plethora not... of different chains right yeah and mm -hmm. yeah as little yeah. gas as possible like that's why we have so, so many chains yeah so this is one yeah i guess like we've already talked about it but like this has been a core criticism for many years it's just there's no real value accrual to the atom token and it's not clear where that value accrual could come from in the future I think a lot of L1s are starting to see this now where it's like ETH, it's pretty clear, like gas is going to stay a, a constant forever, right? There are yeah. fee markets and when there's a lot of activity, gas goes crazy, you got you to gotta keep buying ETH. Um, yeah. With Solana, it's it's less clear, right? There is no fee market, first of all. Um, that might change. They're, they're talking about implementing a fee market. Then it's like, okay, how is this different at all? But, you know, there, there are other things, but value accrual there, you know, a little less clear, but you still have to buy the token to like participate in everything. If you want to buy NFTs, you need soul. If you want to like, I don't know, engage in DeFi, ha ha ha, um, on Solana, like you need soul. Um, <laughs> I, I was told yesterday by, um, the head of DeFi at Polygon that quote, bro, you need to be less bearish on DeFi. And I, I oh. just kind of, yeah. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> uh, this like, is even, career I'm, advice. Like, 
on the yeah on the spectrum of bearish on DeFi, I thought I was like pretty bullish actually. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so uh, um, look, yeah, you want if you want. <laughs> sorry, the participate in DeFi. Ha ha ha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look, uh, but like even um, with Avalanche, right? It's like Avalanche's thesis on this is like to they have these subnets to actually have a subnet and to like have your own token there you also have to be validating the avalanche main chain and own a bunch of avax uh and so there's at least some value accrual going to the avax token um with adam it's never been clear yeah super nuts is the same thing yeah yeah shill shill your bags bro yeah uh Um. that's it's it's a very similar thesis uh so um, um but like with soul and eth right like they've hit this monetary unit uh, like, mm-hmm. like, like NFTs yeah. are denominated in these tokens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for better or worse, yeah. that's, that's how they are. And it's incredible to me that USDC hasn't taken off as a way of valuing NFTs. Like I personally prefer to think in ETH when it comes to NFTs, I guess everyone else Same. does too. I'm just surprised yeah. that nobody else, that, that that hasn't become the de facto standard. Um, and, uh, so with, with ETH and soul, you do get that monetary premium as well. Uh, with Adam, you get none of this. There, there's no mechanical like value accrual mechanism. You're not. There's no. You know, gas isn't really a big deal. Um, also, the point of the whole thing is to not have a lot of gas, right? Um, it's to yeah. have like enough blockchains that like gas fees don't prohibit people from participating, um, and you don't have NFTs that are priced in Adam. So what? Yeah. What is the Adam token for? Uh, ooh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's for staking, it, right? Like, uh, it, yeah, that's, that's it, really. That's the point, right? Like, it's like gas on the hub and then staking, and that's yeah. why the price has behaved the way that it has, right? Um, mm-hmm. so now they're we're getting some teasing uh, around uh, Atom two point So. What is Adam 2.0? Do we know anything here, or is we this don't know just, anything? Uh, announcements of announcements. It's going to be, I mean, it's so bullish, right? Like, yeah, they're announcements of announcements. Like if they never ship anything, Adam will keep going up, right? Um, like, yeah. uh, you know, the most bullish thing you can do in crypto is not actually, not actually launch. Um, so, um, like, you know, we don't know much, uh, but I would like to speculate on the wildest thing. What's the craziest thing that you can come up with that would make Adam pump? Mm, that would make Adam pump. Uh, okay, a couple things. Obviously, they're implementing the burn thing, so that's you know that's this is, like uh, so not crazy. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, they're definitely gonna have. Uh, uh, I, I guess see. transaction fees go to validators now, and it's, they're gonna burn in the future. I mean, mm. that on its own doesn't help much, right? Because the point of Adam is to stake it, and when people get lower staking rewards because the fees are getting burnt, they're not gonna love that. <laughs> like the yeah. Um, okay. Let's see what else. Um, something with Doge Chain. Definitely something with the Doge Chain. Oh, um, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if they really wanted to pump, you know, a one-to-one like make... swap of Adam for Doge. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, hmm, what could they do? Like all Doge, all Doge users, all Doge Chain users get an airdrop of you know. I don't know some some other token. I have no idea. I literally have no clue. 
Uh, okay, what so what is your crazy speculation? I've actually, and like, look, I, I advocate for this for every layer one. UST 2.0, baby. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so crazy. Oh, it just might wow. work. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so what are we just going to run it back? Like what's, what's the deal here? I would say run it back, but like maybe without like an anchor. Right. Uh, so, so mm. I, I actually, I'm in this camp of, it could have worked. It actually mm. had a chance. It had a non-zero chance, right? It was I had a very long argument. I had a very long argument with somebody about this recently as well. Where really? I also, I, I said this the, the whole way is like, dude, they just got to reach escape velocity. Um, <laughs> you know, if they reach escape velocity, they'll, they'll get there. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. what held what held them back last time, in my opinion, was what held us back last time mm, uh, yes, as a community, right? Uh, was uh, we, we we humans? We need a decentralized stablecoin. This is important. Um, we humans, as a society, like we almost made it. Um, but the issue was that the most useful thing to do with UST was to put it in anchor, as opposed to like propagating it throughout the world, right? Like, mm. how do you make the stablecoin yeah. actually useful? It's like, well, if it becomes the most liquid stablecoin in whatever pair, people are going to use it, right? If it becomes something that gets used to like send value between people, then that's helpful, right? Like what you need to do is incentivize people using it um, or at least like using it to like provide liquidity uh, on like DEXs and stuff. You you need to incentivize the propagation of this thing. The issue with mm. UST was the, there are two issues, right? The first is the most valuable thing you could do with UST is to immediately deposit it into Anchor. And mm. the, this is compounded by the fact that Anchor was right fucking there. You didn't have to bridge it mm -hmm. or anything. Yeah, right? yeah. It's like, you know. Um, okay. it's, you want free 20% on that thing you just bought? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like literally at, at checkout, right? It's like check the box to get 20%, right? Um, yeah. So I think we could do it. I really think so. And I think that the only honorable thing that Adam can do for its token holders is to try. <laughs> Dude, they've tried other crazy things. All they do is airdrop stuff. So what, how far off is this, you know? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the a lot of the Cosmos-based chains do have, like, a pretty heavy airdrop, like, meta. And I think they kind of have to, right? Because mm. it's this it's this cold start problem. How do you get your tokens out there, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, hey, you got to do... Then, you got to do something to get people, you know, using it. Um, okay. So let's, let's do maybe a couple final thoughts on just the fundamentals of, of the cosmos ecosystem, um, and leave a little bit for like what we will get into next time, because there are tons of different applications that exist. Most of which don't have users, most of which don't do much, um, I think like one of the biggest, uh, most successful airdrops on Cosmos last year was this thing called Chihuahua Chain. It just like literally does nothing. Like people, I know people who made like 250 grand on a Chihuahua airdrop. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's really just like an airdrop farming chain right now. Like the whole ecosystem is just airdrop farming. 
Um, so yeah, what what else do you want to hit on before we get into airdrop farming next episode? <laughs> Look, I would like to talk for just a second about the Cosmos SDK because I think there's a lot oh, of misconceptions. Yes. Um, okay. So the Cosmos SDK is a toolkit, right, that allows you to create a blockchain. And it handles mm-hmm. those sort of core components of, like, tendermate consensus, like just getting blocks agreed to, right? It handles mm-hmm. the transactions, right, and, like, you know, putting them into blocks. It handles, like, gas and, you know, validators and all of that, right? Staking. Yeah. Um, those core components can be used to build whatever the fuck you want, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily make you part of the cosmos ecosystem, which to me would be more defined as like having IBC enabled. Um, Mm, so DYDX announced that they were building their new chain on cause based on cosmos on the cosmos SDK. Yeah. Doesn't do anything for Atom. It's not even going to touch the hub ever. So the Atom token never, ever, ever touches that. Well, it's the exact same with Binance Smart Chain. Like Binance Smart yes. Chain uses both Tendermint and Cosmos SDK, and is not—I don't think it's IBC enabled, right? And I—I uh, I don't think they have plans to. It uses B uh, BNB as its native uh, token. Like, there's no no relation to Atom at all. Yeah, exactly. Uh, same with Polygon, right? Like Polygon mm-hmm. proof of stake yeah. is basically built on, I don't think it uses the SDK directly, but it's, it's built yeah. with a lot of the same components. Um, yeah, yeah. Same with, you know, Dogechain, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Same with like a lot of the uh, Terra, right? Mm-hmm. I think Terra actually yeah, yeah. was technically IBC enabled. It was um, working on it at like the very end, or it had just become IBC enabled in like April of this year, or like had announced it or something, and then like the whole collapse bullish. happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't, look, just don't yeah. ship. Um, yeah. So, um, like, ship. like I have, being IBC enabled makes you connected to the hub at least, and that's where Atom Token is useful. If you're not mm-hmm. IBC enabled, like, then Cosmos is just like, like I like I heard an analogy the other day. It was like. The giving tree, right? Mm. Cosmos is the giving tree of crypto. They built so much technology and it's so mm-hmm. high quality that like everybody chooses to use them as their boilerplate, like their their baseline like blockchain architecture. Yeah. And they get nothing in return. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah. that is that is just the state of the world for Cosmos right now. Um yeah. it's it's a tragic figure, right? Well, it could it change. Gives and gives and gives Adam, until it can give no Adam more. 2.0, Cosmos 2.0. Is it Cosmos 2.0 or Adam 2.0? I think the I've tokenomics are changing, so it's Adam 2.0. Wow, who knows? Yeah, I think it's going to um, be Adam 2.0. Yeah, because it's primarily token token related. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to get into before I drop farming next time? Not really. I think this is a good way to touch on the fundamentals. There are like there are projects that I think we could talk about right now, but I think this is like a good. Like just hit the tech, hit the history, hit why does this exist, the core questions, um, and then we can get into like what the ecosystem looks like now, and then what it might look like in the future, in the next one. Beautiful. Great. Well, this has been part one of our Cosmos deep dive. We will be back later in the week with our decent crypto recap of everything that happened. This has been uh, fun, Matt. Until (laughs) then, stay decent.
Uh, none of this was financial advice, legal advice, investment advice, or any other kind of advice. Uh, if you're looking for advice, you are definitely in the wrong place. Uh, until next time, stay decent.